This week, three sides of the coin. We go into the Gene Simmons, the Paul Stanley, the Tommy Thayer, and the Eric Singer experiences. You've got somebody who did an experience with every one of them. And he shares some great tips and his love and just memories of doing all of these. This is just a fun being a KISS fan, dreaming as a KISS fan episode. This three sides of the coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. You got Mike, you got Mark. At some point, you'll see Tommy, and Tommy's going to leave. Ooh. You know, it's kind of it, it's kind of like this show is the hosts just come in and out as we want. <laughs> Yeah, the weather girls uh, out uh, out with hubby tonight. Bur- so birth, birth, hubby's birthday, hubby's birthday. So she's, I don't so know. Happy birthday, Brian. She's it'll, she's it'll popping be- out of a birthday cake for her, for Brian or something <laughs> like that. Um, let's see. So before we get into this week's guest and fun discussion, uh, anything going on in the Kiss world? I, don't I have not watched any of the, I, I guess a couple of the shows that have already happened in the last week or so are on YouTube. I haven't watched any of them. I yet. haven't, I haven't watched them. I mean, we, we didn't talk about it. I mean, one of the first shows down in South America, Gene got a little sick on stage and they had to stop the show and he had to sit down and it was simply a case of dehydration and a little bit of food poisoning. It was my understanding um it was like the fans who were there said it was like 115 degrees that night so i can only imagine how much hotter it had to have been on stage can i, can I make a because i because I, I gotta get going here soon um but because we do the beginning at the end <laughs> um Michael, did, did you watch that when Gene was sitting in the chair is there something yeah. did you notice something at least i it was the first thing i noticed where was the medical staff? You got a guy in his seventies who's having a hard time standing. Who's, you know, why didn't they get medics out there? I mean, it's that's a, a good question, and and I don't know. I mean, I could speculate that as soon. I mean, somebody had to run out there to bring him the chair, so maybe you know he said, "I don't need medical help. I just need to sit down." Um, I mean, clearly the crew was watching him and very attentive to him, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, he didn't actually pass out. He didn't collapse onto his back or anything. He had to sit down. I can only assume that maybe the medical team was out of our sight, just sitting over there in his little corner off stage, waiting to see if they needed to be brought in. Um, it's scary seeing stuff like that happen for any band, though. Yeah, but I, it was just funny because I just, I'm like, why are they, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's good they gave him water and stuff, but I mean, I would have expected a medical staff to get out there. To me, I, I here's a man, again, look, he's the demon, I get all that, but no, there's a man out there in his 70s who's having a hard time standing, let alone, can, can we, yeah. I, I just thought it was odd. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it, it's a it's a good question to ask for sure. Uh, I I would only assume that somebody was at least aware of it from a medical standpoint. Whether why they didn't go out there, oh no, only Gene could answer that one. Yeah, I, again, I mean, I, I, I it would not be out of the realm. And as anybody who's you know uh, had any medical background or whatever seconds count you know especially yeah. if you're having a stroke or something and you don't know i mean again here's a man who is having a hard time standing in yeah. the excessive heat get the fucking medics out there and that's somebody with just don't get me wrong the bottle water's good <laughs> you know yeah get get something a little bit better but, but yeah i mean at least you know I didn't see like a cold towel being put on his head. I didn't see ice cubes on him or. I, I, again, I, I maybe, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about or maybe they did all I'm, all I'm judging this on is what I saw. What, what we saw. Yes. 100%, and I yep. just thought it odd that there was no professional medical attention um, at that time. So that's just yep. my own two cents worth. I, but 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 if this is new to you as a listener, Gene is fine. I mean, before the yep. night was over, Gene had tweeted. He 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 tweeted. He said he was doing fine. Um, you know, it's just it's it's a it's a concerning thing. It it, it kind of reminds me of back on the farewell tour that one show in St. Louis that was so goddamn hot that Ace came back out on stage and without his costume on took the whole top of his costume off and he was just in a t-shirt playing the encore with kiss. Cause that was like 110 degrees in Kansas city or St. Louis or wherever that was. I mean, yeah, you took those pictures. Didn't you? I took those pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you guys got to remember if the actual temperature is like 110 degrees on stage, it's even hotter because you got all these lights. You've got pyro, they're in costumes which don't breathe. It's not like they're wearing shorts and flip-flops on stage. Um, and it's not like they can stop and sit down for five minutes and drink a quart of water between songs. I mean, there's a pace that's going here. So um, it's, it, can be, it can be challenging even for the youngest band members to play in extreme heat. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's anything else. No new soundboards have been announced. No new box sets have been announced. No new merch that I'm aware of has been announced. Um, just kind of waiting. I'm sure it's all coming. Yeah, you know, um, I, I know because I get people ask me about this. Uh, my, uh, my once, sometimes twice a year kiss gig is coming up June 3rd. If anyone's in the Metro Detroit area, I'll be, I'll be putting it on the, on the, uh, our Facebook here soon, but hey, I've had people come from out of state to, you know, to these things. So cool. it was funny too, cause it got kind of derailed, you know, during COVID for a couple of, couple of years. So I've, I've actually had quite a few IMs like, Hey, usually do that right around you know this time. We are doing it June 3rd doing it on the waterfront because uh, I live not far from the water. So, you know, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll, I'll give all the details of that, but uh, 
yeah, June 3rd is that we're doing it along the, along the lake and it's going to, going to be a lot of fun. So if you're up here, if you're in the, check the it Detroit out, area, check yeah. it out people. So, um, you know, just a quick shout out. Thank you for all of the love we've been getting for all of our recent episodes. We just posted our new interview with snake from skid row today. Already lots of love, lots of interest in that. Um, our Kip Winger interview is still, I mean, that was like in the first week, that was 10,000 plays of that just in the first week. So much love people have for Kip Winger as a musician. Uh, it's, it's just, it's great. I mean, after all the, after all of the BS Winger dealt with from, from Beavis and Butthead and all the bad rep, you know, the bad rap they got, it's like now Winger's a freaking phenomenal musician band. Yeah, he didn't deserve any of that, uh, you know, garbage that he got. And, and look, it, you know, the producers of the show didn't do that intentionally. Intentionally, it's, it just took off. That's what you just, call going viral back before yeah. viral was a thing. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you know, kept playing with Alice Cooper and his you know, classical background, all this stuff. Um, you know, amazing musician. Um, but like you said, you know, the zeitgeist at the time and that's that's what happened unfortunately yep, but, yep. but anyway thank you for everybody who's been commenting on the holly knight interview and the kip winger and now with snake um it means a lot to all of us that you guys keep watching keep tuning in i mean i wanted here let me read real quick tommy's not here but i shared one yeah tommy um i shared one comment um from Daniel Farrell, this was simply an incredible show. You have all been hitting nothing but home runs here recently. How the hell is it possible to not get old after nearly 11 years? Bravo. Thank you. Dude, th thank you, Daniel. And, you know, we ask that question all yeah, the time. I, I how, how do, how do, how do I we keep doing, doing this? this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do we keep finding stuff to talk about every week after nearly 11 years it just sometimes we get in some great streaks like we are now sometimes not so many great streaks so yeah, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do we just keep having fun um all right so this week we got a returning guest larry basham you check back he was he was a guest that came on and talked about um as a kid attending the filming of Kiss Meets the Phantom out at Magic Mountain. And today he's sharing his experience. He did all in one show the individual Kiss band member instrument experiences. So he got a stage played Gene Simmons bass, stage played Paul Stanley guitar, stage played uh, Tommy Thayer guitar, and actually a um, uh, Eric wasn't offering stage played uh, drums at the time, although we are offering that up as a great suggestion. But he shares the experience of going through all of these meet and greets the same night, offers a little advice, especially when it comes to the Gene Simmons one. Um, if you're going to buy a Gene Simmons uh, blood axe, it's got some great advice on what to do and how to take care of that when you get it. Um, so let it roll. This is a fascinating experience of somebody who 
did some of the high-end meet-and-greet experiences with Kiss. Subscribe on YouTube, follow and rate us on Spotify, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Three sides of the coin. We are excited to welcome back Larry Basham. Now, you might remember Larry from, oh, it's probably been, what, three or four months, Larry? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, Larry was on sharing his experience from when he was a kid attending the performance at Magic Mountain for Kiss Meets Phantom, um, which is just a quick aside um, for everybody who's listening. I just shared on all of our socials an amazing video that's probably about four or five months old. And it's probably about a half hour, 40 minute long video of somebody who went to Magic Mountain just recently and located all of the various landmarks and filming locations throughout the park from Kiss Meets the Phantom, um, which I found was just fascinating, just very cool. The funny thing, and, and I didn't put it together when I first saw it, but like Spinal Tap was also filmed out at Magic Mountain. A lot of things. I'll tell you what, yeah. in, 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 we saw every, every great 80s band that you ever wanted to see played at Magic Mountain. It was, it was a great time to be in uh, in that area for sure. So anyway, you know, just quick aside, check that out on our socials. If, you, if you're into that sort of stuff, I mean, he points out where the entrance to Devereaux's lair would have been. Um, he, he talks about various locations throughout the park and where they, when they were used and the rides that were there and still there and the rides that are gone, even, even, um, didn't go to it cause it's no longer exists, but the, the very expensive mansion that they filmed the pool scenes at that whole place has been torn down and is long gone now, but he's using photos, um, points out where that was as well but today larry's gonna share i don't know i don't know we call this insider tips his experiences larry you have taken part in all of the very high-end i don't know what what does kiss call them the meet and greets that they individually sell as band members yep you know what what gene does what paul does what tommy does what eric does um, where, you know, you'll, you'll buy a, uh, stage played equipment from that show and get to do a meet and greet with them. And I don't know if I've ever heard from anybody who's ever done it. I mean, occasionally somebody will post that they did this, but I don't know of anybody who's done all of them and has come on to actually share their insights into what those experiences are like. And as you pointed out just before we hit the record button um there's definitely some tips you have that you wish you would have known before doing this because you didn't know what to expect for sure for sure so let's i don't know what's the best way to approach this let's just go through each one of them one by one i guess the first thing is did you do all four of them at the same show or did you do them at different shows Sure. I'll just say we've been very fortunate over the years to uh, not only attend a lot of KISS shows and uh, KISS and all the different incarnations over the decades, but uh, to attend a lot of the meet and greets, 
and uh, be in the front row a lot, take a lot of great shots and do a lot of the uh, kind of fun stuff that uh, you pay a few extra bucks for. But at the end of the day, we've had really, really good experiences. My entire family has participated. Uh, in particular, I've got a, a 12-year-old son who's as big a KISS fan as I am. And, uh, you know, over the years, we've, we've built up uh, an amazing collection of, of memories and great KISS memorabilia. But uh, we finally decided to pull the trigger at the West Palm Beach show uh, back in September, which was a makeup show from, you know, days gone by, weather and whatnot. And uh, it turned out to be an amazing show. And we said, you know what? We're not sure when we're going to get the chance to do it again. So let's pull the trigger and uh, do a grand slam. Let's buy all the stage played instruments. Let's go back and meet all the guys. Let's be in the front row. Let's go big and do the whole thing. And uh, we did. And true to form and all of the other meet and greets and, uh, and other things that we've been to, it was a fantastic experience. Um, we had a great time. It was nothing but uh, big smiles and a lot of fun. And um, more importantly, you know, I, I can't tell you how gracious and just genuinely nice and, you know, cool the guys all were. Uh, you know, it wasn't rushed. It was very um, pleasant. And uh, you could see how appreciative they were of the fans. And, uh, and I, I don't have enough good things to say about it. It's just fantastic. So so let's let's start with with Gene's experience. So you yeah. and we, as we can see in the video, it looks like you bought a stage played bass guitar because he also has been selling the fire breathing sword. That's right. Yeah, that's that's on the on the uh, on the wish list for sure. And uh, I'm hoping so. We've been talking to Gene's people and uh, you know asking, you know, hey, when are we going to find out about the last two shows, the the, the fire sword stage plate equipment? And uh, they haven't quite come out and committed to uh, an auction or a sale or whatnot yet. But to, we're very excited to see um, how that plays out. The Gene experience was a lot of fun. Um, so we should we got to the show early. And as we uh, were ushered in through, we had to do a COVID test back in, in September. I understand they're not doing that anymore. But we passed our COVID test. We were ushered through kind of a, a little VIP line to the side of the main entrance. And we got to watch them for about half an hour setting up the stage. Uh, it was still daylight out late afternoon. And the guys were hoisting lights and testing equipment. It was a lot of fun to see uh, how things were, were assembled. And about half an hour or so into that, here comes Gene and everybody that had bought guitars, whether they were going to be stage played or just collector's items were there. Their guitars and other memorabilia were set out on tables and everybody got uh, actually a lot more time than I expected to sit and chit chat with Gene. Uh, we probably sat and talked to him for a good 10 minutes, uh, you know, exchanged some stories and had a good time. He signed the, uh, you know, we brought in some really cool vintage ads, other things that uh, photographs that I'd taken that we wanted to get signed. He was very gracious. He signed us four items. Uh, it doesn't go over four, but you know, was super cool about signing all four, whatever we wanted. And then the folks that had uh, guitars that weren't going to be stage played, they got their guitars signed, personalized. They got to chat with Gene, uh, go through that whole process. When he got to us, we were at the very end. He signed all of our memorabilia. We got to chat, take some photos. Um, and, and I can't tell you again how nice he was to my, my son. My son is such a big fan. And it's great when these guys take a few minutes and just say hello and, and acknowledge the kids. Um, so he said, look, 
after the show, you're going to come back. You know, they kind of explained it. You're going to come back. Uh, you know, in the last few seconds of rock and roll all night, as the the uh, the confetti is falling and everything's going nuts, we're going to usher you around the stage to a waiting area, and uh, you wait a few minutes. And after the show, Gene will be in there to sign all the stage plate instruments. So we had a great time at the concert. It was fantastic. When it was time, we got the nod from Gene's people. We head over to the side stage. We went back into a uh, a little kind of a waiting room at, behind the stage at uh, the I Think Amphitheater in West Palm Beach. And we just hung out for a few minutes. They had, you know, some drinks and things like that set up. And uh, sure enough, a few minutes later, it walks Gene in all his glory, you know, dripping sweat, covered with confetti, blood all over the place. And he walks in and, of course, the room just is, you know, standing at attention. And it's this, it's this great entrance. And, you know, all of a sudden you're talking to Gene Simmons and he really took his time going around the room, talking to each person, signing the guitars, you know, having a chat, taking pictures. And uh, again, I mean, it was it was a, it was a real thrill. How, how many how many people were there in the um, the stage played group? That uh, you I were think in? maybe four or five wasn't a lot. Was it was a very small group, and so and and typically it was two people. You know, I understand you can bring a, a couple of guests for these things, but most of the people was just you know parties of two, and to me, I think it was there was four or five people back there with the stage plate equipment. And and just to just to be clear, the guests that you could bring, they they got to go in free. Absolutely. So you buy the package. And I believe the rule is you and three guests can come in. So if it's you and three friends, your wife and a couple of kids, whatever the case might be, you get to go back and have this you know, really kind of fun, intimate experience uh, with Gene, take some pictures. And you can literally ask him anything. I mean, people were talking about the old days and asking questions about Peter and talking about, you know, when's the last show going to be? Because we didn't know at that point. Um, but he was just a super cool guy, as always, calm, cool, knowledgeable. You know, uh, my son started asking him all kinds of questions. You know, how do you how do you attach the picks to the guitar? What kind of tape do you use? How do you do this? How do you do that? And he just chatted away. You know, really terrific. That's great. You can bring three people with you. I thought for some reason it was one, but that's fantastic. Yeah, for the packages that we bought, um, it was it was bring three. And uh, we, of course, bought the Blood Axe, which was, you know, kind of the star of the show. So when, when you got back there, everyone's kind of, it's there. It's sitting on the table. It's covered with blood. It's covered with confetti. And, you know, it's it's really looking the part. And everybody comes up and looks at it. Um, you know, you can see it in the background here. It really looks like something that should be hanging in the Smithsonian. I mean, pardon my French guys, but it's, it's fucking cool. And <laughs> it, it, it's really cool. I'll tell you what, though, if you're going to buy the Blood Axe, here's the catch. This thing comes in this mammoth-sized, like, stage stage case, you know, black. It's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not the normal um, cases that we see online that have jeans, no. face, airbrushed on them. This is like a heavy-duty road case yeah. for it, right? Big, massive, heavy-duty road case. In fact, the guys that were handling it when they were you know, waiting for Gene to come in, 
they said it's amazing how much more expensive it is for us to lug these things around now that they're in these cases that are about three times the size the normal thinner cases that they used to use but it's a really big substantial case i mean it's like a piece of furniture in and of itself and gene of course autographs the case he also signs a gold record which is your certificate of authenticity for the guitar and then he signs you know the guitar however you'd like it to be signed you know we of course wrote ours you know god of thunder and rock and roll and get a nice big signature but the thing is with the blood axe anybody out there's thinking about buying this thing and it's totally worth it when you get it it is covered in this sticky syrupy tacky blood it's not like paint that when you get the guitar it's dry and it's ready to go so you can't just throw this thing in the case and roll it out to the car you've got to have a helper with you to, somebody's got to carry the guitar very carefully and somebody else has to wheel the case out because if you put this bloody wet guitar in the case and cover it it'll smear the blood and everything and then the the velvet on the inside of the case will stick to it and when you open it it just it looks like shit so you have to be very careful and and they explained this to us once we got there hey you know don't set anything on this don't touch it leave it lying upright it's going to take about 10 days to two weeks to dry and it did you know i've had it for you know what six seven months now and it's still a little tacky to the touch i, I was gonna say i mean i remember tommy you know you'll you'll remember this remember during the reunion tour when when somebody was collecting blood cups <laughs> yeah and and he had like a suitcase filled with blood and this was a like dead before, guy. before fans realized hey we could just ask the the security guy to give us that cup that Gene threw in the into the pit and take it. I started and, that. And it's my fault. I created. Oh, the it's that's your it's your fault. Well, I got well, it was one. Just of those. an idea. I, I didn't. The, know the, the, the the guy gave me one of it. the blood cups, and I remember it was sticky and tacky for years. That blood, to your to your point, Larry, doesn't doesn't um just dry it stays no. gooey and sticky and syrupy and yeah. it, it's gummy almost forever yeah and everything sticks to it i mean so there's there's confetti from the show stuck to it there's fingerprints in it i mean wh whatever whatever it touches it's it sticks to and uh you know I, i've seen recipes online you know that to, who knows how accurate they are but uh, everything that goes into it is built for long-term sticky gooey fun and uh, so you got it. You got to at least. I mean, I don't think I moved it for a good two weeks because every time we did, the blood started to shift. We really wanted to have this cool splattered look, uh, just like it did at the show, and not have it run all over the place. That's. I, I think that's just so cool that you're literally getting that that the 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 blood guitar as it comes off stage in its beat up used condition yeah you know and he's not gentle he's not gentle with those things on stage no and it was really cool mike and i, and I think I, I shared some of the photos with you but we were you know front row center at the show and so i was able to get some really awesome shots photos of each of the guys playing the stage played instrument so when we got them on the wall we've got them in a, in a, in a beautiful uh, custom case with the photo of them playing the instrument above so it's it's great, and, and uh, you know every time I, I chill out my my little this, we call this our music loft, 
um, you know, it, it, it makes you smile because you look at it, it's a memory and it's like, hey man, you know, I've, I've got a, a bloody beat up confetti covered guitar on the wall. It looks awesome. Uh, that's so cool. Now, were there other people at that that bought Gene's fire breathing sword? Yeah, they bought they, were, they bought all kinds of things. They, so there was uh, at least, like I said, four or five stage played guitars. You know, a guy had bought a Punisher, and you know the the different variations of the guitar. I think there was another guy that bought an axe. It wasn't the blood axe. So it's it, it was really fun. You get to go in while you're waiting for Gene and see all these other instruments that uh, that people have purchased, and they're substantial. I mean, these are these are great, you know, musician concert quality guitars. You know, they are exactly what you think they'd be. They're high quality uh, pieces and they, they look stunning. You know, they're all beautiful. And uh, everything we got from, from the show uh, and, you know, from previous shows and whatnot, which is, you know, all good stuff. Couldn't be happier. Now, let's move to Paul's experience. You did the Paul one the same night? You did the Paul one the same night. Yeah. So how, so did, that, how did that work? So the Paul experience was fun. We, uh, we went into Paul's dressing room before the show and had a few minutes to talk to Paul and chit chat. Uh, again, my son got to ask some questions and uh, say hello. You take a, you know, a whole bunch of pictures. We, we took at least a dozen pictures, um, looked at different guitars and things that he had. And uh, there again, you know, Paul signed some photographs that I'd taken, some other memorabilia, which was great. You take that away right then and there. And then he shows you the guitar, lets you know which song uh, it's going to be played. So you know when to take pictures, when to pay attention. And uh, after the, the you know, basically the meet and greet, you go off and uh, from there we went to, to Tommy. But uh, during the show, sure enough, the song comes up, out comes the guitar. You watch, that's my guitar. It's you know, super exciting and everyone you know, is, is, is having a great time. And then at the end of the show, you basically write down on a piece of paper how you'd like him to inscribe the guitar. So after the show, he inscribes it exactly as you, you'd like, and you go backstage, and uh, his guitar manager is there, hands you the guitar in a beautiful case. Um, we also bought the strap, the you know the custom-made leather strap with all of the um, the metal. It's almost like bedazzling, but it's this beautiful studded metalwork and a very high-quality uh, guitar strap, which um, no one's ever felt one. It's surprisingly heavy. When you pick this thing up, it's like picking up a, you know, a, a belt of machine gun bullets. These are heavy guitar straps, um, really well made. But he autographs that as well. So you get the autographed guitar, you get the autographed strap, and uh, you know, a bunch of uh, autographed memorabilia, and you get to hang out with Paul Stanley for a little bit. So. so you you in Paul's case, you don't hang out with him after the show. It's just before the show. It's, it was before us. It was before the show. And then everything was was ready for us, you know, about 15 minutes after the show was over. And you you come and collect your guitar. And and before the show, was he in makeup or out of makeup? In makeup, in costume, uh, great, great pictures. And, uh, you know, took as many pictures as you wanted, answered questions, talked about the boots and the costumes, the whole nine yards. And he sells other things as well. I mean, he's got stage played guitars but you could get stage used microphone as well. Did you see people doing other stuff there? I didn't see anybody doing the microphones, although I have seen them before and they're cool. You know, it's the microphone wrapped in white tape 
usually autographs it and kisses it so you get the the Paul Stanley uh, lipstick on it. Uh, it would be a great addition to the collection. And uh, you know, we'd certainly, we'd certainly, if, if we had a chance to do it again, and uh, and pick up a microphone, or you know, we're even maybe thinking about another guitar, uh, we would definitely do it. Now I see from behind you, it looks like it's the gold Ibanez that you got. That's right. Yeah, the gold spark. So were you able to pick out which style of guitar you wanted, or did he only offer one or two? No, he's got, a, I mean, a, a pretty wide variety of guitars. And if you look at any of the guy's sites, so if you go to, for example, for Gene, you can go to GeneSimmonsAxe.com and you can see what's available. You click on it for more information and you either get more information or you get a link to send an email to make an inquiry. On Paul's site, uh, again, just Google Paul Stanley Guitars and you'll see a little, you know, blurb that comes up and something like, you know, now you can buy history with an attitude. And uh, you can select which guitar you want and uh, which show you want to purchase it at. You buy it, and then uh, a short time later, you'll get either a call or a text from uh, from Paul's guitar tech saying, "Hey, you know, here's where we're going to meet. Here's how this is going to go." And um, the guys were super professional. Everything was very efficient. You'd think at these shows it would kind of be chaotic, like, "Oh my gosh, how are we going to coordinate all this?" Um, but they've got it down to such a science, you know, behind the scenes, their guitar techs and VIP coordinators were, were terrific. Um, we never felt like we didn't know what was going on. Everything was clearly explained. It was really a piece of a piece of cake. Now he was also, he, you could have also bought his broken guitar at the show yeah. as well. Yeah. They, they offered the smashed guitars. And, um, I think now on the site, you can buy stage played smashed guitars from shows, you know, over the past decade, you know, almost. Yeah. they've got a lot available for sale. So uh, if you're a fan and you can't make it to a show, it's great. You can go online, you can uh, buy the guitar, it'll inscribe it. And I guess they'll ship it to you, you know, get it to you one way or the other. Um, but for the remaining shows, you know, for anybody who's on the fence thinking about it, um, you know, it's an experience, you know, to, 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 to spend a little bit of time with your, your rock heroes. And, you know, for us, it was, We've, we've met the guys a lot of times in the past, but we wanted to see them again, you know, one last time on the end of the road tour, because I don't think we're going to have that chance in the, at the New York shows, the final shows. And um, to have that little piece of, uh, of the band and band history on the wall, you know, it's, it's a, like I said, man, it's a, it's a, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling. And, and those experiences don't include the ticket to the show, correct? No, yeah. I think, I think we did one a lot was, was like the ultimate kiss experience once that did include a ticket and you were in the pit, but for these VIP experiences, you know, the, the guitars and whatnot, um, those are in addition to your ticket. So whether you're in the front row or on the lawn, you can still buy the upgrade and have the experience. Okay. Or at least, at least at the, at the shows that I've been to, that was the case, how it's rolling right now. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think, I think the information's all there on their websites and, pretty straightforward and uh how about tommy thayer how did that one go tommy is a cool guy so um i'm a huge tommy fair there and uh, eric singer fan of course we love all the kiss members you know over the years um but i have to say that uh, tommy and eric are such nice down-to-earth guys um i come from a military family my grandfathers both fought in world war ii 
Dad was in the Coast Guard. I was in uh, law enforcement. Everyone's worn a uniform. And it was fun to talk to Tommy a little bit about, um, you know, of course, his family history with his father. Oh, yeah. His father's got incredible history in the military. Military history. And uh, and Tommy and his family are involved in other good things, you know, for veterans and uh, military museums. They do a lot of really good, you know, all-American, you know, stand-up type guys. So Tommy Thayer, we got back. We probably spent of everybody the most time with Tommy, uh, talking and, you know, asking a couple of questions. He sat there and, uh, you know. Now, was this before, was this before show? This is before the show. Yeah. So again, he's in full makeup and costume. Um, We took, again, probably a dozen pictures with Tommy and the guitar. Uh, not signed, not scribed yet, but Tommy and the guitar and some you know, beautiful shots. And then again, they go out, play the show. After the show, he inscribes it, you know, exactly as you wanted it. And you collect the uh, the guitar from his tech, you know, after the show's over. So so no no meet and greet after the show with Tommy, just before. Oh, yeah, just before. And do you have a choice of guitars to pick from or is he only selling one? I believe at the time there was two that, that Tommy had on the site. And of course, you know, if you can see on the side here, we got the blue sparkle, which that's a beautiful guitar. He's got, yeah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely stunning. It's gorgeous. Um, when the lights hit it, it's really, you know, brilliant and sparkly. And he also had the, uh, the white model as well. Um, we picked blue just because, you know, I thought this is going to look bitching on the wall and it does. Awesome. Awesome. And and he, I assume he tells you what song he's going to play it on, so you can watch as well. He does, and uh, so in this case, it was Love Gun. So he says, "Look, guitar's going to come out during Love Gun. You know, be ready with your cameras." And uh, sure enough, man, Love Gun starts. Blue guitar rips out. We got some great shots. Um, you know, went nuts and uh, had a good. You know, of course, my son's super excited, and uh, now you know he comes and sees it on the wall every day. His friends come and look at it and go, wow, that's awesome. That's cool. What about um, Eric's experience? So Eric, we've been a couple of times backstage. And I'll tell you this about Eric Singer. My son, probably out of all the the KISS members, he loves the Catman character, loves the makeup, and uh, you know loves the drums. So the first show that I took my son to, I believe, was up in, uh, in Tampa in 2019. And we were in the front row. My son had the cat man makeup on. And at that time, you know, he's eight years old. And uh, we, we had a great time during the concert. And Eric came down, saw uh, my son in the cat man makeup, hands him a set of uh, drumsticks. And at that point in time, this kid lights up and he's an Eric Singer fan for life. So the next few shows that we've been to, again, front row center every single time. Eric comes up. I remember you guys. How you doing? Um, he remembers us, remembers my son's name. I don't know how they do this, but always comes up, hands him some guitar sticks, you know, uh, autographs, pictures. At the West Palm Beach show, Eric came in while Gene was doing uh, the stage play guitar sign. So we were able to spend probably about five, 10 minutes talking to Eric. And uh, he signed a, uh, a beautiful photograph that we'd taken of him. And, uh, chit-chatted we got a signed drum head which was awesome and uh, so we've got a whole you know eric singer corner up on uh, the other wall can't see it now so so for 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 eric's event is it also 
you get time with him before the show starts? How does his work differently from the others? I'll tell you what, the Eric event was after the show and he came in, wasn't in makeup, just in his normal street clothing. And Eric, you know, for those of you who've met him, is a very down to earth, super gracious guy. A lot of fun to talk to. Um, over the years, you know, the, the other meet and greets have been really straightforward. You know, if you go to paulstanley.com, genesimmons.com, it tells you, here's how this works, here's what to expect. Um, from my experience, the Eric Singer, you know, meet and greets have either been as part of the band or, you know, kind of like on a hit and miss basis. I, you know, I was looking at his website again the other day to see if there was an Eric Singer meet and greet, you know, uh, specifically that you could sign up for. And I didn't find anything. So Eric, I think sometimes you got the, you know, catch as catch can. So in, in, in the case of this one, did most of it happen during Gene's event then? Yes. Yeah, it did. And in this particular concert, it was unexpected. We didn't think we were going to get to spend time or, or see her. And lo and behold, he walked in and, you know, we were prepared. I had my, my folder with me with my Eric Singer uh, photos and things that, you know, I was hoping to get signed. And we just got lucky, you know, at that particular show. And you're, you were purchasing a stage played snare drum? No, no, we, we bought a, uh, you know, from the, the t-shirt stands where they've got all the okay, okay. things like that. Yeah. So we, so we bought one of Eric's, uh, it says EOTR into the road signed drum heads, but it was not a stage play. So yeah, to, to be clear, was not a stage played uh, drum from Eric. Okay. I wish it was, yeah. if those ever become available, we'll be first in line. That would be well, great. Er Eric, a... there you go. You should be selling stage played snare drums. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the rest of them are selling stage plays guitars. Yeah, we're we're in, man. If those if those become available, if that if that becomes a thing, we're there for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so you you met him at the Gene event. You got him to autograph some stuff there. There wasn't any. There wasn't a separate meet and greet just for Eric, like the other guys had. Separate Not ones. at that show, but I'll tell you, over the years, a number, for example, we were up at uh, again in 2019 at the Jacksonville show. And we were in line to take our picture with Kiss, you know, as part of the, the VIP experience. And uh, as we're all standing there in line waiting to go see the band, Eric comes down and just starts working the line. So we got to talk to him and get things autographed and uh, spend a little time with him, as did everybody else in line. And uh, I've seen him do things like that on several occasions. He seems to be um, you know, one of these guys that's just really down to earth. And, uh, you know, God, God bless him and, and, uh, and Tommy for doing what they do. I mean, you go to a KISS show these days and it's just musically fantastic. The energy levels there and the guys put on a great show. You know, people, you know, I, I know there's those that are that are diehard purists, but I have to say, I, I, like I said, I've seen KISS, I think, in just about every incarnation. And the shows they put on now are just as awesome as, and exciting as, uh, as anything I've ever seen. And uh, we love meeting all of them. So it's been great. So having done Gene, Paul, and Tommy all in one show, were there any issues of them overlapping? Did no. they make sure you were able to get focused time with each one? It's not like they all held it from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. and you kind of had to scurry around. They took care of you. Yeah, they, they took care of us. So 
at the West Palm Beach. Now, also, guys, a, a little bit of a disclosure here. Um, my company stocks and distributes Gene Simmons money back sodas in the Caribbean. You know, and you, mm-hmm. you remember, Michael, from the, uh, the promo we yeah. did for our, our Hammond Cove Hotel. So when we got to the show, we were with the money back soda guys and we went with them uh, backstage to a little like pre-show party. There's a this kind of little secret area behind the stage at West Palm Beach where there's a swimming pool, there's a bar, there's a little VIP hangout. So we went back there and, you know, had a few uh, drinks or three. And uh, hung out by the pool, took a lot of pictures and things you, like that. You didn't by chance see Mark in his speedo back there by the pool, did you? I've been I've been back there, but uh, I know <laughs> not in a speedo. No, <laughs> no, actually, no, he, you're right. He, he was he took the speedo off. That you was, know, that he was took the speedo off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, but it was it was it was really cool, and they had it very well organized. So. You, 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 met, you met with one and then they, they took you to the next and then they took you to the next. It didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel crazy. It felt like a you know, pretty well-oiled machine. Awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned the little tip about Gene's blood acts. Were there any other tips that you would share with anybody who's thinking about doing this stuff to get the most out of it, to be prepared? Yeah, I mean, and, and again, every collector is different. So there's a couple of things you want to think of, about, you know, and we saw people kind of vapor lock a little bit at the show when they said, hey, what do you want on your guitar? Do you want it to be personalized? And people would stop and think and say, shit, I don't know. You know, and for collectors, some people want it personalized. They want, you know, to Michael, here you go. That's your guitar forever. Others don't want it personalized because, for example, if you were ever going to resell it, and, you know, and if it's overly personalized, it might be harder to to sell or to move to another collector. So that's something to think about, you know, in terms of, of what you have to inscribe on your guitars. Think about that ahead of time. Think of something cool. You know, don't don't get to the show and have them write, you know, rock the fuck on. You know, have them, have them write something that, that makes sense in the KISS setting that's going to make the piece more valuable and more meaningful to you, uh, you know, over the years, number one. Number two, have to have a helper. If uh, if you think you're going to go by yourself and buy a bunch of these things, they're big, they're heavy, they're in cases. Uh, have a person or two who can help you get the stuff out to the car. Um, the other thing is when you when you finish the show, like after you, you meet with Gene, you're pretty much the last people in the stadium, you know, outside of the drunks in the parking lot. And so here you come now at 12 o'clock with an armful of autographed Kiss guitars and everybody's kind of looking at you as you're making the trek uh, to your vehicle. So, you know, you might want to invest the extra 50 bucks if it's available for the, you know, the premium parking or whatever. So you're, you're close, you're not hauling, you know, thousands of dollars worth of memorabilia through the parking lot and, uh, and definitely have a, a buddy or two with you to help you get it out to the car for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So as a, as a KISS fan and a collector, is there something else you would dream of them offering? You know, Gene, just like I said, we talked about it earlier, started offering the, the fire breathing sword, which was, right. you know, when, when, when that was first offered, it was like, holy cow, what a very cool collectible that would be. Right. Is there something else as a fan you would sit here and go, wow, 
if you could give me the opportunity to purchase that or do that, I would do it in a second. Um, yeah, actually, I wish Gene sold his guitar strap to go with the bass. Um, part of the the really, you know, the, the cool display of the Paul Stanley guitar is his amazing strap. And, you know, Gene's got cool straps, too. That would be a really fun thing to offer. Um, you know, we bought uh, a guitar from Ace Fraley, and uh, it was cool to also buy the lightning bolt strap, you know, autograph and whatnot. They they go together. It looks cool. Um, you know, stage worn. I, I know I know I'm dreaming here, but uh, stage worn costume pieces would be really cool things to to offer. You know, for example, if Gene made 50 pairs of bat wings or whatever, you know, armor. And at every show, you could buy a piece and have it signed. I and mean, that's the type of thing that would be, you know, super impressive and fantastic in a, in a collection. Um, with uh, with Eric Singer, we'd love it if it was, you know, more straightforward. I mean, we, we would have bought signed Eric Singer, you know, stage plate, snare drums, drum head cymbals from every show if those sorts of things were available. Um, but I think, you know, anything that's stage played, stage used, it's actually been in their hand and, you know, in front of an audience, um, those sorts of things are, are, are exciting to, to have, you know, amps, anything from the stage, if they made a whole bunch of Sam the Serpents, you know, there, there's, there's just a lot of things that would be cool to have that diehard KISS fans like myself, I'm sure, you know, Mark and, and you guys would, would love to have in your, in your KISS room. Maybe after the, the Jan or the December 2nd show is over, they can just, turn the stage into like an estate sale and let everybody up on stage and just start buying I stuff have off the stage. That's, that's, that's closer to reality. Than you <laughs> yeah, it won't, it won't be come up on stage and pick the item. It'll be an auction at some point, but yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how, how, how cool would that be? Come up on stage is done. It's over. We're never using it again. What do you want to buy? I want to buy that rig. I want to buy that piece of that mic stand. I want to, you know, I, I can crazy. honestly say, because, I mean, what Gene's doing now with his, uh, you know, he's got that personal meet with him or have lunch with him or whatever, that thing in Vegas. And, in Vegas, and then he's got yeah. that thing at Abbey Road. Right. Yeah. And same thing, what he's electric doing now is he's taking, he's taking personal items of his and bringing them as gifts to people who who buy those packages. So you're going to get stuff. If you buy those packages, you're going to get things from his personal collection that you wouldn't even think that you'd ever own, you know? Right. So, um, so I could, I honestly, and this, again, this is, nobody said this to me, this is, but at some point they're going to have to empty the warehouse of things that, because it's, I could see them. And again, guys, this is just me shooting from the hip, just, a warehouse sale. Well, I mean, wouldn't it instead of wouldn't it make sense for them to have people come there? Yeah. And go, okay, here we go. Start the bidding at a dollar. Um, we're gonna go to this place that's fucking empty. Yeah. I, I mean, because they're not gonna unless they want it for some reason, but it doesn't sound like that. Yeah, I mean, now that they're going to be done touring, they don't need everything they have kept for the purposes of touring. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think that would be a smart way 
uh, uh, to do it. I, I would think to invite fans, you know, out west, and here you go. You know, everything everything is marked marked to move and uh, a garage know, sale, a simple garage sale. <laughs> You know, I can see that happening not only for bands like Kiss, but, you know, other bands. Um, why not? Why would you want to keep all these amps and drums and shit that you're, I mean, once you reach that time in your life where you just don't need it, you don't you, need after it. you've asked your family members, what of, of this crap do you want? And I don't mean that in a bad way because, you know, much like our guest, I've, you know, I've full costumes and guitars and drums and all kinds of stuff from the band. And, you know, I, I have an exit strategy. So um, when that time comes and, but, you know, that's small scale. How about going big scale? Like if you're, you know, put it this way, if you were, and, and I'm not trying to sound cryptic or anything, but what if, what if you were like, you know, uh, with Neil Peart's, family or whatever like you've got all these drums you, it's now been a you know a few years since you're you're passing okay we're going to make all this available to the fans because the family took the things they wanted mm -hmm. um but i'm sure there's other things that they're like you know i don't need 15 snare drums i, I just happen to have this one that i want and you know all the kids and the grandkids or whatever just went okay i have what i want well we still have a whole warehouse full well, and, you know, and, and that's the thing when my first job out of college, right next to uh, the office I was working in was the warehouse for the band Survivor back when Survivor was still an active and pretty big band. Mm -hmm. And we got to go into their warehouse a couple of times and I'm kiss is going to be a million times more than this, but I just remember it's like they would go, Oh, what's in that road case over there? And somebody opens up the road case and there were broken symbols in there that just never got thrown away after the last tour ended. Oh, this, this drawer opens up and there's like 5,000 guitar picks in there that they never went through. You know, Kiss is the same way. Even more so because of the longe longevity of their career you start tearing apart that warehouse and there's going to be shit that's found in boxes and bottom of drawers and bottom of road cases that you didn't even realize were well, still look around. A few, years, yeah. look a few years ago when Paul Stanley was, uh, you know, redoing his house and he yeah. found all those original art pieces from 73 when it was, you know, just got together and they were advertising shows as hand-drawn you yeah, know, the ad mats that he didn't would even create. know he had them. Yeah, he just found them. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I I can see that happening more in the rock world. Um, our old um our our, our one of our past guests, Jacques, you know, he's done that for for other bands for um, a living. You know? Yes, yes. And it's funny how you know for me, it is everyone that watches the show here knows I'm a big uh, Ted Nugent fan. He did that for Ted when, when Ted moved a few years back and he had, you know, stage clothes and, and, and records and all this other stuff. Well, um, just recently at, on Record Store Day, which was this past Saturday, um, Ted's current drummer, and he's a friend of mine, and, and as his dad is, um, local guys, 
they they had had all these tapes literally boxes of them and he gave them i i, I just happened you know i wanted to talk about records today so i brought them. i mean this is uh this is the ted news um it's the free-for-all record you know platinum double platinum record it's all the demos for it you know they so my, my point is this is that he thought he liquidated everything and then and you're still they, finding it and then and they, they found boxes of demo tapes and stuff and they're like well you know it's funny how these guys that you know the the rock stars just like oh who's gonna want to hear that and there's all the fans going me i mean a kiss is a great example because every, you know the 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 uh the five of us here and and all you guys listening at home if paul stanley found boxes of stuff he had from the early 70s you'd want to hear it you know what i mean and and i think that's that's these guys don't even think about it they're like oh no, Christ, no. you know i i there's like a song i, I was where i never finished it you know well you know I remember, and this was years ago when I was when I was working with Kiss at the merchandise company, and this had to have been around 2000 or something like that. And we were toying with the idea of of doing eBay auctions on behalf of the artists that we worked with. And the first one we tested this with was Sammy Hagar. And I think it's when Sammy and David Lee Roth went out on that co-headline tour. Yeah, something yes. like that. 98, 99, something. And and we were like, we, we were like, you know, Sammy, stuff that you would normally just throw away on the road at the end of a night, you know, broken guitar strings, set lists, um, crew swag. You know, a lot of times the, the local lighting company will bring a box of T-shirts in and give it to the crew. The crew takes what they want, and there's still a dozen shirts left over that a lot of times just get thrown away. We're like, just gather all this stuff that up until now has literally been trash. And just throw it in a box. And when you come back off the tour, give us that box. And... I promise you it's going to be worth more than you can imagine. And in one case, I re we remember telling them, it's like, yeah, you know, that crew shirt that you got, we auctioned it off and it sold for 80 bucks on eBay. They're like 80 bucks. You know, it's, it just has Sammy's logo on the chest and like some, you know, walkie talkie company's name on the back. Why would anybody want that? We're like, because your fans want this stuff. You might think it's not worth anything. You might think the set list from that show, when it's done at the end of the night and you crumple it up and throw it, or the broken guitar string from that specific show, it's garbage. But the fan who was at that show will pay for that stuff. And, and I think that's the thing artists are still coming to grips with is, wait a second, my trash, literally my trash is, someone's is gold. Is somebody's well, treasure. That, that's I'm happy that some of our favorite bands um, are doing. Matter of fact, last year Aerosmith did the it, you know it's the Road Starts Here uh, release, which was a record store day or original.
But that was from one of their earliest, earliest ever shows. And again, these are things they find on cassette. It was funny. I found the quote on the, on the this, I think it's worth sharing with our audience because again, yes, it's a different artist, but again, this artist got rid of his stuff. And then I, I love this quote. It says, and this is from Jason who put the project together. It says during rehearsals for the 2020 tour, I stumbled upon boxes and boxes full of tapes containing hundreds of hours of unreleased demos, live show studio outtakes. These tapes haven't been playing, have not been played or seen in light of day for decades. Anyways, after they did that, now he's starting this thing called the Nuge Vault. And, and it's no different than what Kiss is doing. And no Off different the soundboard. Yeah. Yes, I, I was going to say, I love the fact that, you know, insert your favorite band here. Obviously, with Kiss, we're loving these uh you know, from the soundboards. And, and even like last week or a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about the, the one, the current one with Mark St. John, I think some people misconstrued, misconstrued what I was saying. I'm very happy to have that. I'm excited. Matter of fact, I would, that's one Didn't of the shows like I would it. have, what's that? Didn't sound like it. <laughs> well, hold on. That's, that's the era I would have wanted to have first because I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But then you had to be truthful. You didn't want to go, oh, my God, well, what great they played. Incredible. No, they didn't. It's a terrible show um, for a lot of reasons. But historically, historically, sure. we've always said historically, that's yeah. probably about as rare of a historical show in the Kiss world yes. that you could so, find because we didn't even know it existed. Correct. And, and again, that goes back to, like I said, why I quoted Jason's thing on the record. We're finding this stuff in 2022, 2023. Oh, my God. Fans wanted, again, you know, the Aerosmith one they did. Put it this way. The Aerosmith one, the um, the road starts here. They put that out as a record show, a record store day. It was so successful. And then they just put it out domestically. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. I'm like, I don't think these fans realize how bad we want this stuff. Well, and I mean, you know for a fact that if there is a um, an auction at the Kiss Warehouse, Mark will be there. Oh, he sure. will go home Dude. with a pair of Paul's go. underwear, won't you? Yeah, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> um, no, Mark, 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 yes. you're you're a hundred percent right. I mean, you know, it just reminds me of. This was probably five, six years ago when I was doing some work at the old record plant here in Sausalito, which had been hadn't been used. It'd been sitting vacant for decades. And we opened up a closet and there were just stacks of two inch tapes and reel to reel tapes and cassette tapes. And it's just like, holy crap, what you know, this is the record plant. What is on these tapes? And, you know, this is stuff that even the artists didn't even know existed. What is sitting in the, quote, the vaults at recording studios around the world that is completely forgotten until somebody is looking for the vacuum cleaner, opens up a door and goes, what the hell are these two-inch tapes that say kiss on it? Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, this is to this is for all the people who 
Oh, and they thought I was ripping on Eric Carr. You don't like Eric Carr. Okay, I put my money where my mouth is. Okay, I have the Eric Carr record. I don't dislike Eric Carr, but he didn't play well on that show. So, and you, and let's be honest, Mark, you weren't the only one who said the same thing. There was a lot, a lot of people said, listen, I agree. It's performance wise, it was a terrible performance of a show, but it's an incredible live show to own a recording of i mean it just is it's not it's not it's not the show you're gonna pop in your cd player you shouldn't say that there's a there are a few that will but for the vast majority of fans you're not popping this in like kiss alive or kiss alive 2 to listen to a uh, a great live show to get you pumped up look if you want to listen to a great eric carr show listen to the stuff that came on the creatures box set that stuff's fucking awesome eric's playing his ass off mm-hmm I hate to say it, it's before he got lazy. I'm sorry. And it was the same thing with Peter Chris on the Dynasty Tour. You want to listen to good Peter Chris? Go listen to the Alive Tour or the, you know, the Rock and Rollover Tour in Japan. He's fucking playing like a madman. Got lazy later. I'm sorry. It just happens. I, you know, I want to tell you. I'm just calling it as I see it. <laughs> you know it, I mean? it, it. It doesn't mean, Mark or anybody who says stuff like that, it doesn't mean you hate the person. That, that's the problem I have with comments that come in they assume because we didn't like a performance we hate the person who's doing the performing and it's like no we we don't hate eric we don't hate mark st john we don't hate anybody but hey that show was a clinker yes kiss have put clinker shows out before we've been to clinker shows we've we've heard about them i mean come on It, it doesn't mean we hate the band it's just it's just being honest and saying, well, you know, no, that wasn't one Mike, of their better shows. The, Mike, you were there at the end of the of the farewell show. God, that and was it's, it's that, brutal. That, I tell you what, I told I've told this story before. I went my last show was the Columbus, Ohio show, which I think was a couple weeks before the the final one, you know. And I remember saying to my buddy Dale, I don't know if I can do this anymore. These guys are terrible. I mean, you could just, and this, this is at the the time we don't know that, you know, what was going to happen in a few uh, weeks or a month or whatever from that date was going to happen. But it was apparent to me that 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 entity, Gene, Paul, Peter and Ace didn't enjoy one another and didn't play very well. Maybe, maybe I also noticed a little bit more because I, I I saw them when they did care. I, I guess that's, that's the whole thing about, you know, listening to when, especially being a drummer, people always ask me about, you know, compare and contrast, you know, the two Eric's and, and, and Peter and stuff. And, and I can say, and I said that, you know, on that review, you want to hear Eric play well, go listen, go listen to the Australian show from 1980. He, he did, he did have, he did pick up the tempos a little bit, but it was it was still sane. And he was playing more with the double bass. And he, and he was he, he was playing with a groove. It was a lot better. And I was very happy because I did see some, some people went, oh, yeah, I did go back and listen. You're right. What a difference, you know? It is. But That's the important all. point, though, to add to this whole discussion, in my opinion, is that what we're saying is it's, you, you can have your opinion on something. Doesn't mean it's right, doesn't mean it's wrong, but it also doesn't mean that you're any less of a fan because they do something that you don't like. That's part of us being fans of 
the music or the band is we have to be able to say, well, you know, I didn't really care for this or I didn't care for that. And it's okay. You don't have to live like it, everything has to be perfect. We get emails all the time from people saying, well, you know, I like, we watch your show, but I can't stand you guys. And, and I don't agree with anything you say. Great. I don't want you to, I want you to have your own opinion. If it aligns with one, one of us says great. If not, that's okay too, but it doesn't make you any less of a fan. You, no. you know what? It's funny too. Going back with that, it's it's you know my other one of my other record store day purchases was I'm a huge Motorhead fan, but I haven't been buying all of these live shows that they've been putting out. But I love the '84 era. You know, I, I this is after Fast Eddie had left. I I can't. I haven't opened this yet. I can't wait to to put this on. Maybe even tonight. Um, that's the whole thing about just being a music fan and, and getting these shows. Like I didn't think that this 84 live soundboard would ever come out. I'm just so happy to have it. You know what I mean? I'm glad that on record store day and just in general, these bands that I love are putting out these older shows. You know, I I'm pretty excited about all that. And I hope it keeps happening. I want more motorhead and, you know, Alice Cooper and Kiss and Aerosmith and everybody else. You know, I want all that stuff. Maybe a live so. Joe Perry project show. Oh my God. We, we, we need to, we, we need to, it, we need to spend a few minutes on that. That well, show. You're going to have to, cause I've got a bail. I've got um, an appointment. I know, I know so. where you're going. Um. <laughs> Stand in line for the auction so I can get the underwear before you do. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Take care, Tommy. Take care. Tommy. Yeah. No, Mark. You know, Mark. Mark. Well, well. Real, real quick. I wanted to just add, especially in relationship to the farewell tour, because you were right. I mean, by that end of the tour, I was like, oh my god, there's, there's, there's no energy. There's no spark. They were going through the motions. They didn't want to be there. Um, but that was more apparent to me and other fans who have seen multiple shows on that tour. So, you know, I was there opening night in Phoenix and I was there at the last show and I went to many shows during that tour and it could, it became visibly and audibly more and more apparent as each month went by what you were witnessing. Now, if you as a fan only went to one show on the farewell tour, You've got nothing to compare it to. So it was probably a great experience. And I'm not, I'm not telling you you didn't have a great experience. But the perspective is different when you've got people who are like, well, yeah, I went to six shows and I could see the difference. When you can compare that last night to the opening night, when you can compare that last night to the reunion tour, you can you can see how things have changed if you've only seen them once or twice it's harder to do that and and that doesn't mean we're any more right or wrong than anybody else it just means i don't know it just comes down to as a fan you should be able to have an opinion that's negative and not feel like you're no longer a fan that makes sense you can be a fan and say i didn't like this I think oh, it's part of your, uh, oh, sorry, Mark. I was going to say, it's, it's kind of part of your duty as a fan to, to 
to voice your opinion and, you know, vote not only with your wallet, but, uh, you know, get out there and say what you like, and what you don't like. That's how, you know, bands keep it real and that's, you know, and, and keep it keep relevant. I think it's I think it's an important part of the process. Yeah, you do not have to like everything Kiss or any of your favorite bands do. Yeah. Musically, live in concert, merchandise wise. I mean, it, we're very vocal on here. We're not big fans of a lot of the a lot of the new merchandise that's been released. All of these crazy looking action figures. But if that's what you love, that's great for you. But sure. it doesn't work for us. But that doesn't mean we don't still love the band. You just, I feel like some fans feel like you either have to love everything or you're not a fan. And that's not the case with any band that exists. Nobody's expecting you to love every single thing a band does. No, and, and there's, luckily, I mean, with, with, with the bands that we do love, especially like the Kiss and whatnot, there's so many eras and so many things to choose from that exactly you know, you're going to find something that you love. And even even now, you know, we uh, we went and saw Paul Stanley at the Wentworth Gallery here in, in South Florida not too long ago and, you know, bought some beautiful artwork and again, got to sit down and, and meet Paul and have dinner with him and whatnot. And it was a lot of fun, you know, because not only is it is it a piece of art that Paul Stanley created, but as you can see on the wall, it's it's a painting of Gene Simmons. So you kind of get you, you get the fun stuff that you like. You can pick and choose what you do, what you buy. You know, we like guitars and cool art to put on the wall. You know, somebody else wants, you know, uh, outfits from the Elder Out era. You know, not my thing, but, you know, maybe on, on Mark's wall. It looks awesome. So it just just l- luckily there's there's a lot for us out there to consume. And um, like you were saying earlier, Michael, it's, it's very meaningful for the fans. These guys look at it as hey, it's an old storage unit full of garbage. We look at it as, hey, that's an awesome connection to our past, to a memory, to something fun that makes us feel good. And it's great to have. Well, that's funny. Uh, I mentioned to uh, someone that's so it's funny with, with, with Joe Perry, because uh, Tommy saw Joe, um, I think, last Friday. And I saw him last Saturday, so I'm night uh, uh consecutive nights and i'm telling you what a great old school old school hard rock show that was no you know no screens or nothing um uh you know joe just got up there and played the classic a few classic aerosmith songs uh the songs from the from the project and uh, some new stuff and it was just a, what a, you know, it's that old word from the 60s, a rave up. That's what it was. It was just a great rock and roll show. And it was so nice. Tommy and I have been talking about this. That's why Tommy and I wanted to talk about this a little bit earlier, but since I'm the only one left, I can speak for him. I, I really, and we really enjoyed um, just the whole non-scripted. Matter of fact, uh, Joe played a, a, a song from the 50s. He played it twice the night. Tommy, so they played it and he like had it so much fun playing. He wanted to play it again. So they played the song twice in a row. It was just so nice. And I noticed it because so many of the shows that we go to, the arena shows, you know, to, to avoid the word, but it is pretty accurate. It's scripted. You know, everything, everything goes. They're choreographed productions. Yeah. Yes. And it was nice to see somebody who I admire as a musician. I'm a huge musician. I'm wearing an Aerosmith shirt today. Um, it was great to see Joe Perry up there just not having to 
work in those confines and you could tell he enjoyed not working in those confines like you have to stay here and the piano is going to come up here for you know dream on it was just a, a rip roaring rock and roll show and um it was just great man and and that's what got me thinking though too about these tapes you know i was talking to someone on joe's crew and i'm like you know these aerosmith did that why don't you re- release these radio broadcasts from 1980 i've got a fortunately i have a few of them but i'd love to have them on vinyl i can really see a cottage industry coming up with that stuff where you know especially something like third man records you know jack white's label where they specialize in only pressing like three thousand of something you know what i mean mm-hmm. how i i if, if you're somebody like joe perry and you're doing a short tour fuck man print up you know, 1500 of these things and sell them over five or six shows. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't vinyl, but I think you'll agree. One of the coolest things kiss has done in decades was when they toured and did instant live CDs. Yes, every oh single, God, yes. every single show on that tour. Not only was it cool to collect them all, but that was the ultimate tour merchandise collectible. You walk into your show, you pay your 30 bucks up front, you walk out, and there's a CD already waiting of the show you just attended. I mean, that's better than any, in my mind, that's better than any t-shirt. I was at this show, I'm screaming somewhere in the background on this CD. That is the ultimate collectible, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too, and it's way more than you know. You know, someone like myself, my, like myself, who was an old bootleg guy, used to film shows all the time. You know, now it's people can stand in front of them with a with the cell camera. Phone. Yeah, but yeah. I would bet ninety nine point nine percent of people who do that, I never do that. Um, film the whole show on their camera, ever sits back and watches it, or even you know. Mm-hmm. I, that's how come those instant lives were great. They were soundboard recordings. I still listen to those to this day. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah. you know, I bought, I, you know, I bought them all. I bought the, you know, the Sonic Burn boom over Europe. I bought the 2004 mm-hmm. ones. I just, it was just fun, man. It was just a great thing to collect. Also too, it was great, you know, talking to my other buddies around the world. Hey, you give me the Detroit and the Chicago and the Cincinnati are the ones I'm going to. And then, you know, if you live on the other side of the world, I'll get these four or five shows that I'm going to. It was just so much fun to do. And, you know, again, that just being a fan, you know, let's face it, being a Kiss fan is special. It's a lot of fun as long as you, you know, do it. I can, what I consider the right way, um, you know, participate, get out there, you know, go to shows, go to expos. Well, you know, I think, I think what you, you said fun and that to me is the right way of being a fan of any band out there. You should be doing it because it's fun. It makes you happy. It makes you feel like a kid. It brings you back to a memory, whatever it might be. Why would you spend even one second of your life, let alone one dollar of your life, doing something with a band that isn't fun for you anymore. 
Oh, why? Amen. I'm, I'm sure our guest today would, that's the reason they spend the money that they do. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're making a memory and people go, oh, those greedy. Well, no, man, you don't get it. If you've never done it, then you just don't get it. You don't understand. These are memories that last a lifetime. And, and it's, and it's fun. And don't get me wrong. It's like anything else. You know, it may not be for you. You, you may not like that. You may not want to wait in line. You may not want to spend that kind of money or whatever. But hey, man, to those who, who do and, and want to and to put smiles on their faces, what do you got a problem with it for? You know, it was funny. Uh, just this past Saturday, I went and I did the Joe Perry meet because I have a um, back in 1980. Because I've said this on the show lots of times. Um, you know, I love Aerosmith as much as I love Kiss, and I could easily sit and do an Aerosmith podcast and talk about Aerosmith every week, too, because I love them so much. So I did the Joe Perry one, and I can tell you, nobody does a meet and greet the way Kiss does. The Joe Perry one was not done very well. It was scatterbrained at best. Um, I mean, I got my thing signed, and I got my picture taken with them. But, you know, uh, much like our guest was saying, what a joyous experience it was for him. They literally, this past weekend, literally left us in the rain outside. It was wow. raining and windy. And, and there's this fucking room, which wasn't a huge room, but the 50 of us could have fit into us. You know, we're only waiting out here because it, we're waiting for the meet and greet. We all got our, you know, our credentials and everything. And I'm like, open the fucking door. And I'm thinking to myself, people bitch about Kiss. You don't realize if you, especially if you've never done it, like our guest said, how well you're treated, you know? It's, you, it's, it's, it's what, I mean, I'll go way back to 2003 before we ever held the very first Kiss meet and greet. We were, we were planning out virtually like, okay, this is how we want this to work. This is what we want to have happen. This is, you know, and it was all driven by making sure the fans are treated very well. And I tell this story all the time. We're backstage at Jones beach doing the meet and greet on that very first tour that kiss did them. And Gene is, is, is telling people, you can't see me right now because I'm spending time with these 25 fans because they paid to see me. And the next 30 minutes belong to them. That's it. You can go wait in the hall. And he was telling this to Tommy Hilfiger. You go wait in the hall. And when these guys are done, you can come in. And it's Mike Tommy's was, venue. It's Tommy's venue. <laughs> hey, Mike, while you're, and, and I said it publicly, I'll say it again. You can pat yourself on the back. The way with the Wasp one was, that was probably the best run one ever. Thank you. That, if, if you're even remotely a Wasp fan and want to meet Blackie, go to the, that's one that you will not regret. It's, it's the way I wish all of them were done. The fans were treated so well. Don't worry. The Kiss one's great, too. It's fantastic. But Blackie's, Ingress, it's also just one guy, So to be fair. It's one, it's one guy, and Blackie, we still limited to 25 people. Let's be honest. Kiss has exploded to as many as want to come can buy. 
Yeah, and don't get me wrong, the Kiss one's incredible. I, I don't. I'm, I'm just saying the thing that I liked about the Blackie one is everyone was like in a semicircle around him, and everybody got a chance to ask him questions, and you know, it was just he paid very... attention to you. He talked yes. to you. Yes, it yeah. was very. It was you really felt like you got your money's worth, and again, <laughs> you get your money's worth with the Kiss one too, but. The, the the blackie one you got to talk directly and he answered your question in front of you know the other 25 fans and it was just very very well professionally done and uh see that was the thing too you know going back to you know while i'm bitching about the joe perry one you know get left outside in the rain we do get out there get our stuff signed now keep in mind if you don't know the joe perry show it was only a five-day tour very limited run but they're like, okay, after you're done, we're going to let you go in to the merch thing. And it's the same kind of a problem I had with, with the Wasp one. We get in there and all they have left are smalls of the torture. And I'm like, so what's the big fucking deal now? If I get in early for merch and all you have is. You can't buy anything. Yeah, I have nothing to buy. So I didn't. You know, buy it, it. it's Mark, it's it's really. It's odd because we experienced this on the Wasp tour over in Europe as well, because it was a different merch company over in Europe. Um, and there's a different online store for Europe versus the online store for Wasp in the U.S. here. I told them, I'm like, you guys don't have like three, four, five XL shirts. I'm telling you, we blew through those once we realized we needed to get them. It was, it was within the first week of the Wasp tour last year that, you know, I'm hearing fans going, where's, where's the big guy sizes? Where's the big guy well, size? Again, this Joe Perry didn't even have medium or fucking large or extra. They had just small. You can't, you've got to, you, you just got to be realistic and go, okay, I'm not playing. My, my fans are not the same size they were 45 years ago. <laughs> None of us are the same size we were 45 years ago. Let's, let's just be honest. We're not, we're not calling people fat or anything like that. We just all get bigger as we get older. And a lot of times we get bigger where we don't want to get bigger. Make but. But you as that fan are still as excited to buy the concert shirt that night as you were 45 years ago. Yeah, Problem uh, is, to, why are you going to buy something that you can't wear? Correct. Again, you know, to be fair, a pillow. To, 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 <laughs> yeah. to, be fair to, to Joe, he did have other designs, but they weren't the tour shirt. I wanted the tour shirt. And that one, again, yep. just just small. And I'm like, what, what the fuck? You know, here, because at the time I was like, I, again, very appreciative. I did get my poster signed. I did get my picture taken. I was very appreciative about that and very happy. And Joe himself was great. He had, that's the whole thing. He probably didn't even know all this other stuff. He didn't know that we had to wait outside in the rain for an hour. He didn't know that, you know, we were promised early merch, which we did get early merch. Like you know, what, were you going to be able to, you couldn't buy anything. You can't buy it. Yeah. They don't even offer. You're like, you know, somebody dropped the ball. And again, let's go back to our costume crusaders. Kiss don't drop the ball on stuff like that. The meet and greets are fantastic. They've always been fantastic. They're very well done. Probably the best in the business 
for a band situation. So I can't, you know, I can't speak for all the various other artists that are out there, but I can speak for Gene and Paul in saying, even at their point in their career where they are now, they still are aware intimately of all the shit that's going on around them. They've always been the guys that know what the buzz is, the rumors are, what's the, what's being said, what's good, what's bad because it's their band and they care. And, you know, they would be the first ones to call up me or anybody and go, Hey, uh, I need you to look into this. I hear that that fans got left out in the rain last night. How did that happen? We cannot let that ever happen again. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, Joe Perry doesn't care because there's could be a plethora of reasons why all this stuff happens, but, to Kiss's point, they've always been deeply involved in every aspect. I mean, you know, I still remember you'd send them, you'd send them just color printouts of proposed tour t-shirt designs, and they were crossing stuff out and putting comments and sending it back. And, you know, it was them you were communicating with and them that was giving you the comments directly back. It wasn't sent to a manager who sent to an assistant who got the comments who then the assistant told the manager and the manager came back and told it wasn't telephone tag. Gene and Paul, you know, we, I remember before the, I think it was the world domination tour with Aerosmith. We went down to LA and we had a meeting room at a hotel and it was like, three or four of us from the merch company and it was Gene and Paul and probably doc and maybe even Tommy. And it's like, okay, here's the designs. Let's go around and let's talk about these designs. What do you like? And here's new merch ideas. And I, I remember somebody was like, Hey, we got somebody who's interested in doing a license to make kiss sex toys. And I remember Gene and Paul going, no, we don't want to put our name on sex toys. But the point was, they were the ones sitting there doing this, not some representative speaking on their behalf. And I've always admired that about Gene and Paul, that they've always had their hands involved. They, you know, they may not be able to make changes as quickly as we fans would like, but they know, you know, hey, the Dubai screw up. They've known about this. Believe me, they've known about this. They can't make changes as quickly as we want. But they are on it. They knew what was going on with the shipping of merch from the Kiss Online store. You know, they know that stuff. So that's one of the biggest things I've always admired about Gene and Paul is they, they do care. They, it's like, what's the fan's experience? You know, Larry, to your point, you know, they want that fan leaving and going, that was the most incredible experience I've ever had. I was happy. I was smiling. My son loved it. You know, they understand why that's important. You know, my, my impressions with, with them and the meet and greets have always been very favorable. Um, but when you, when you do some of these, these higher end meet and greets and events, 
you know, the guys really are hands-on and they do spend the time to talk to you. They look you in the eye, they answer your questions, they sign your merchandise. Uh, we gave Gene, uh, you know, because I'm a huge horror fan and I know Gene as, as well. And I gave him a uh, an autographed picture of uh, Christopher Lee as Dracula from my collection at the last show. And he was, you know, he was thrilled and you could see it was, it was just a lot of fun to have these little exchanges. And uh, likewise, when we went to the art event with, uh, with Paul Stanley, um, we bought a couple of pieces and afterwards uh, Paul hosted a, a small kind of intimate dinner with the folks from Wentworth gallery. And uh, he came right over and sat down next to my son, remembered his name, says, you know, hi, Jed, how you doing? And uh, they got to just sit and chit chat and uh, again, take another couple of pictures. But what was great, and, and Paul didn't have to do this, after he'd autographed the art pieces that we bought, he grabs a, a piece of stock paper and, you know, did this whole little uh, design and autograph and wrote a little personalized note to my son and said, you know, here you go, kid, you know, thanks for coming. And uh, like you said, you know, for me, Kiss, I grew up with them. I love them. No matter what, I have a great time at the shows. Uh, but now to be able to bring my son have these same experiences that he's going to remember, you know, for the rest of his life uh, makes it all the more fun. So mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that's why we're in it. It's, it's a good time, big smiles and, uh, and, and it's fun. Yeah. You, I mean, I've always said it's a very fine line between loving and hating an artist. You can, you can love an artist, but the artist can do one thing wrong and you all of a sudden hate them. And it's very hard to get somebody to come back the other way from hating you to loving you again. Mm -hmm. So it's always important to, you know, do what you can to make that fan, to make that kid, to make that person happy, smile, leave going. That was a great experience. I'm glad yeah. I did it. I mean, what you don't want is that fan to go that was the biggest waste of money. They treated me like crap and I'm never going to do this again. And Oh, by the way, I'm going to tell every person I know never to do this. Yeah. You know, and, and listen with, with, with merchandise. I mean, I know Mark is a huge collector uh, probably knows more than I'll ever know about collecting memorabilia, but you know, in, in my experience, there's, there's momentum that builds up and excitement and there's a shelf life to these things. And like right now it's kind of kisses time. As you were saying earlier, Michael, what are they going to do at the end of the tour? There's going to be, you know, there's a lot of excitement. It's frenzied hysteria of fans trying to get their hands on, you know, stage played instruments from the last shows, you know, bits and pieces of, of costumes, of stages, of, you know, anything we can get our hands on. And, you know, 10 years from now, that might not be the case. I mean, people might not, might not be clamoring for this stuff anymore. So they've got a window of opportunity to get out there and sell a lot of things, make a lot of fans happy, build these connections. And uh, it's like Mark was saying earlier, you know, Gene with his uh, dinner in Vegas and the recording studio stuff, giving away a box of merchandise to the fans. That's the way to do it. You know, make everyone happy, do it while the excitement's there. And, uh, you know, everyone's a winner. Yep. A hundred percent. Larry, this was great. I mean, I appreciate you so much sitting down with us and, and sharing your experiences doing all these meet and greets. It's just fun talking to somebody who has a great time. You know, it, it's fun talking to somebody who has fun being a fan. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's what we do. We, we don't take it too seriously, but we have a hell of a good time. 
doing it. We really do. That's at the end of the day, to me, that's what it comes down to. If you're not having a good time doing it, God, go find something that makes you have a good time because life is way too short to waste even one day not having a good time with something that you you could easily ignore and go do something else. Oh, I man, mean, brother. it's, that's, you know, and maybe, maybe the problem is people don't realize life is too short until you start getting old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're 25 years old, you're not even thinking about life being too short, yeah. but you know, in the blink of an eye, you go from 25 to 50. Yeah. And here we are. And here, and here we are. And, you know, we always took for granted that kiss was going to be here next year. I mean, I remember, especially growing up in the late seventies through the eighties, you just took it for granted that next year there was always going to be another kiss tour. There was always going to be another kiss album. There was always going to be something new. You know what? Not anymore. That's the big takeaway, man. I mean, we're, we've got tickets to all kinds of shows this, uh, this summer. We're going to see Alice Cooper with Rob Zombie we're going to see Brian Adams and Joe Jett, Leonard Skinner with ZZ Top. And, you know, part of it is because we love going to, to the shows. We love live music. You know, it's, it's, it's part of our lives. The other part of it is, you know, see them while you can, because they, they won't be around forever, as, as we know. And uh, I would probably be in Florida for a couple of those farewell shows, actually. Not the Kiss ones, but uh, uh, Frampton's playing down there. I'm going to probably yeah. come down for that. Uh, Ted's playing down there. I'm probably going to come down there. Plus, any excuse to go to Florida is good for me. So, Hey, Mark, <laughs> anytime you, you got you got an open invite, come over. I got a barbecue and cold beer, man. You're, you're always invited. There you go. So, Larry, again, thank you so much. Um, do you do you want to do you want to plug your resort? Do you want to plug anything? No, I don't want to plug anything other than to say, you know, thank you very much for having me on again, Michael. I mean, we, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, if, if anybody's sitting on the fence, like I said, with these meet and greets and uh, instrument purchases and things like that, um, if you're thinking about it, do it. It's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad I did it. And like I said, we sit down on the couch every night, watch a movie and look at the guitars and it's all smiles. So why not? That's the way it should be. You'll, you'll, I, I guarantee you, you'll make an incredible memory if you do a KISS meet and greet experience. For sure. Larry, thank you so much. This has been great. Good night, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. This was just a fun episode. It's, you know, I love, I love hearing fan experiences, especially when they get to do things with a band that they love. I mean, it's one of the big things I've loved about working with wasp is hearing from the fans who went to the meet and greets and it's like you know a lifetime dream come true and it's like that's great that somebody got to be so happy through something like that and i don't know rock and roll is about maybe that's why i never got into grunge to me rock and roll is about listening to music that makes you feel good and it's happy and having a party and having a good time i don't want music to make me miserable yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fun. Our, our guest was was enthusiastic and, you know, he had all these experiences and that was, uh, you know, kind of contagious. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. You know, also a little bit different after, you know, the maelstrom of uh, of uh, interviews we've had lately. It was nice. Oh, yeah. Back and, and it was a, kind of that. a nice, different, relaxed pace yeah. on this one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I think, I think home homework for this week. Have, have you done any of the individual band member experiences with kids or any of the, or, I mean, I know that Tommy's done the Menudo one. I mean, he's really enjoyed that one. So maybe you can come on to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, have you done meet and greets or any of these experiences with any other artists? Share share the great memories. Um, share with us things you wish they would do. You know, that's the that's kind of the challenge I've always dealt with when it comes to dealing with artists who want to do meet and greets. Is like coming up with what to do. It's, it's got to be more than just autographs and a photo. Those are two things are given. But what else do you add to the mix? That this group's fans will really like. And, you know, in the case of Wasp, it was Blackie sitting down and saying, I want to do a Q&A with each fan. He's never done that before. He wants to learn what the fans are interested in. Are there things that you as a fan wish people would do? Offer, make available to you. What was the coolest thing you've seen in any sort of a meet and greet experience? Because um, there's very original and interesting things that are being done out there. But there's your homework. Let us, let us know what, what you've done that make, made you happy, that you had fun at. Yeah. Um, that's it. I I think we got another guest next week. We've been on a roll with some of these guests, man. Um, but uh, that's it. We will um, see everybody next week. Do you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515. Voices for three sides of the coin. Provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by jessicamarsvoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.